0: Welcome to the Fergus Falls Business Spotlight Podcast, the show that takes a deep dive into local
1: businesses and the individuals that run our community. To guide you along the way, here's your host, Jacob Bittner. Wow. Welcome. Welcome into another episode. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. If you're listening in the evening, but I'm excited for this one. I've got Mayor Ben Shire joining me this afternoon. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jacob. Thanks for having me on. And yeah. how are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm doing really, really good. Just got done with a good chat with uh, Lisa Workman, learned about the Chamber of Commerce. She has a lot of energy, doesn't she? She does. She's she's a good interviewer. She definitely she definitely has a lot of- I love, like
0: a, love a, the energy she brings.
1: Yeah. And there's like an overwhelming amount of stuff that the Chamber of Commerce does. Yeah. I assume there's probably a lot of stuff you do as well.
0: But, yeah, but yeah. the Chamber's busy. Yeah, like it's you so say, busy. there's so much that they do in the community. And yeah. Uh, yeah, they really, really galvanize that business community, I think. And every community doesn't have a chamber like Fergus Falls, we're right. fortunate. Right. Yeah. We got a good one.
1: It seems like she's definitely a good, uh, good person to have in charge of that as well. So before we get going here, I offered you some Stumbinos before, uh, you were coming in this morning and you said no afternoon coffee for you. I've had my share of caffeine, but
0: I have to be honest. You said coffee. If I, if you would have said Stumbinos, I think I would have said yes. I love, in fact, I went to the grocery (laughs) store and service food last night. Uh, just got back into town. My wife was up in the uh, North Shore area. I was in the Boundary Waters. We both got back, and we had ran out of coffee. And so heavy metal stumbinos is what I drank. Okay. And uh, they didn't have any of service food. They were all out of that. So anyway, I had uh, a couple different varieties of stumbinos this morning but yeah. love that local yeah. coffee i'm
1: blessed i'm blessed enough to have stumbino stumbinos as a sponsor of the show oh really so they, they provide me me and the guest coffee and it definitely so definitely we're helps good, to, to, we're good to promote stumbinos i gotta Absolutely. tell you the story
0: we're out in the middle of the boundary waters this week and uh, my son to my tools is with me and three of my sons and um a friend and another dad but anyway we're out in the middle of the wilderness and my uh son they've gotten into coffee now he looks at me he says, dad, this coffee is just as good as at home. I brought along Stumbino's coffee and a little uh, French press to make oh, yeah. coffee out in the wilderness. And it was good.
1: Yeah. I think, I mean, I can go on a limb and say it's the best coffee that I've ever had. They It's local. It's, it just is good quality coffee. It's you so know, exciting. Greg and Jenny do a good job.
0: Yeah. I know Greg and Jenny well. And to think that they, you know, Greg started that Greg and Jenny together. Yep. Um, but Greg has the, had the passion you right. know as a barista and stuff. And, yeah, the uh the 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 expertise that he puts I just love when people are so into something that they become experts, they become right. like he's as good as anybody yeah. at coffee. Yeah. So you you haven't listened to the
1: podcast here before. No. You'll have to go back and listen to the episode I did with Greg and, oh, I can and get imagine. his story. He's got a he's just great story that they have. Um but along with Stumbinos, I got to give a uh, thank you to Swan Lake Resort and Campground, um Elevate, Victor Lundines, and Hotel 8. They all uh, are pitching in to help out with the show as well. So thank you very much to uh, coming along and helping with that guys. We have a lot of great We Great businesses
0: in the community that support uh, efforts like this. So yeah,
1: absolutely. Well, thanks again for coming in today. I'm really excited to get into your background a little bit. It's going to be a little different take on the Fergus Falls business spotlight because we're not really a business, but you kind of are. I've always said, and this will give you guys, you and all the listeners, a little bit of an insight into how I think as far as the political schemes go. But I've always viewed the United States rather than a government, as the United States Corporation. Hmm. So we kind of are, when you look at it for what it is, each government is sort of a business in itself, the way it has to run and the way it has to operate. Employees, decisions, budgets, all of that stuff is very similar to a business. Um, So I'm kind of curious to get your business background, your personal background a little bit, and then find out
0: how you got into This role of mayor. Yeah, just let me give you my philosophy on that a little bit. Because I think in some ways, I would love to think that that government operates like a business. In fact, there's some instances where they should operate more like a business. But the city definitely has, you know, enterprise funds that operate as a business. There are services provided they charge fees for those services, and hopefully they run those like you know as close to a business as possible. Right, but there's also a role for government that's not like a business in the sense that there's some some things you do that don't make financial sense. You do them for the well-being of the community, yeah. or of the state, or of the government. So I think that you know people talk about you know government entities should run more like a business. Yeah, in some instances, yes, but there are some clear-cut, mm. uh, and I'll give you an example as we go through the program. But the dairy property. Hmm. Was an example of like no business. There is no f- private business that was going to step in and take control of that dairy property. It was under you know it was upside down. The what's the dairy property? The dairy property is the former dairy property. It's th- twenty eight acres that uh, the city acquired about four years ago. Okay, cleaned it up and now we're redeveloping that into a um, you know. Well, we'll see what the development happens. You know, it's out for RFP right now for, for um, from developers. But it was a former Midam dairy. Process, cheese processing plant. Okay, it's over on Stanton Avenue. It yeah. o- overlooks the river. Twenty-eight acres, but it was contaminated. It was mm. blighted. It was vacant. It was dilapidated, and, and you know the the ground itself was contaminated. So it didn't make any sense for the privates. That's a perfect example, mm. I guess, not to go down a yeah. rabbit hole right away. Uh, but uh, the business, you know, the a regular business wasn't going to go in there and do that. But we knew that that property, being in a blighted condition, was bringing down an entire section of town. Yeah. So it made sense for the city to go in there. And use the uh, resources we had with federal, state, and local agencies to to acquire the property, clean it up, and then hopefully – well, we're in the process now of putting a public trail through it and then getting it back on the tax rolls to to, uh, positively contribute to the It's kind of like uh,
1: the term loss leader or it maybe wouldn't have been a, a proper business move, but you need loss leaders to drive good industry everywhere. I mean that's sure. kind of a part of part of growing a good community is somebody has to also invest in those tough to flip projects or tough to do things. Yeah, so. similar, I guess.
0: And that, and then they are also I guess just like you know educating our children. That's a right. you know, That's a that's a role that government takes on. Yes, yeah. that's you know you don't think about dollars and cents. Yep. And, and, you know what I mean? Yep, like certainly Certain, certain yep. things that the government will do. Yep. Um. But yeah. But I mean there are certain you know the. Uh, the uh, garbage refuse collection, for example, is mm-hmm. run similar to a business where okay. you know the uh, city collects garbage. Yeah, the fees in the end. Um, yeah.
1: Well, we'll get into a little bit more of the city operations yeah, exactly. and how and how the city of Fergus Falls works. But I'm really interested in getting to know your background. Were you born
0: in Fergus? No, I was born in Peoria, Illinois. Okay. However, uh, my mom and dad decided to move their family here, me and my three sisters, in 1980. So. I started kindergarten in Fergus Falls, so for all intents and purposes, I you consider Fergus here. Falls my home. Okay. And uh, do you mind me asking how old you are? I'm 49. Okay.
1: Okay. So next year is a big next year is a big year for you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so you grew up in Fergus. Uh, talk to me a little bit about life growing up and what you were into. Maybe your earliest jobs or your hobbies as you as you were like in high school.
0: Yeah. So I uh, I grew up in Fergus Falls played uh, played football, played hockey, played baseball um, you know really enjoyed you know the the all that Fergus Falls has to offer to a young kid right like it's your whole world you see Fergus Falls and all the opportunities and all the um, you know the school system and the activities and just you know the, the outdoor opportunities. so just really enjoyed that growing up um, took my first job. Did some construction work, worked on some farms and some some friends, family farms that I knew. And my first, like, yeah, I worked, did late, poured some concrete, but then also uh, at, at the age of 16, started working at service food, okay. which is kind of interesting yeah. because uh, so many people got their start at service food. Yeah. Didn't really know um, Gary speece at the time, um, worked in the produce department. And my wife, Tessa, she also worked uh, at service food at that same time she worked in the deli department so um right there i was in the produce she was in the deli and is that how you guys met no we actually met in sixth grade i tell a story that uh, we started quote unquote air quotes here on the radio but dating in sixth grade wow so you guys were middle school sweethearts yeah but then she dumped me in the sixth oh. grade too jacob yeah oh. so I, and i vowed i was going to get her back it took me 19 years, but I did. What? Yeah. So you
1: guys reconnected. At, how old were you when you guys
0: reconnected? Then. So we always stayed. We were always friends and kind of dated off and on a little bit, but nothing serious. But anyway, we always remained friends and um, moved back to. So I, I moved, I, I moved away, went off and did some things. I was living overseas and traveling and doing some different things, and she was living on the west coast and on the east coast. And anyway, we both moved back to Fergus Falls around the same time. Uh, Around the er early 2000s. So I think I moved back in 2001. She came back in 2003. Okay. We uh, got together, decided this is where we wanted to raise our family. She finally said, all right, you win. You've been chasing (laughs) me for 19 years. Dang, that's
1: persistence. (laughs) That's motivation right there for a a a young
0: man. Yeah, Been here ever since.
1: I like it. I like it. So let's go back a little bit, um, pick up from like service food and then uh, graduate in high school. And then what, it sounds like you traveled a little bit. You went
0: to college, Minnesota yeah. State? No, I went to, oh, um, I went to NDSU, oh, for, NDSU. for a couple of years, played hockey, played baseball. Wasn't quite honestly, I wasn't mature enough at the time to uh, to go to school. I, I, I did well in, in, uh, in high school, uh, you know, kind of the, you know, got good grades, National Honor Society, was president of the class, had everything. It looked like I was going to college and that was my path. But when I got to college, just wasn't really mature enough. And um, didn't do real well my first year and a half in college, and I thought, all right, I need to do something different. And around that time, my sister uh, was work, uh, was a figure skater for Walt Disney's World on Ice, and she called me up and she said, uh, "Hey, do you want to come spend the rest of the summer in Australia?" And I thought, okay, uh, well, there's an opportunity. So I went 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 to Australia for the for a couple months, uh, thinking it was just going to be a temporary thing, and I'd go back to school in the fall. Well, opportunity came for me to uh, in the fall. They offered me a promotion within. I was a carpenter for Walt Disney's World on Ice, and there was a a show going to um, China, and I thought, "Wow!" And they offered me a promotion as the head of the department that was uh, in charge of the property. So I thought, "Hey, what um, am I ever going to get a chance to go work in China again?" I was twenty. I was twenty one. I turned twenty two in China, so I um, took that opportunity from China. Came back to the United States, traveled around the United States with Disney on Ice. Went on a couple of different shows. Ended up being in Japan and uh, South Korea, wow. um, all over Europe. Working for Disney. Working for Disney. Ended up buying a house down in Florida. Worked at the scenic studio down there. So that was kind of my for about seven eight years. I guess that was my career path. That's what I was doing. That's where I thought I would. Um, well, actually, I say I take that back. I didn't think I was ever going to do that long term. But it was a you know I, I had the opportunity during that period of my life to travel and to work, and to meet people from other uh, countries. And I think that was really critical to, uh, when I did move back to Fergus, I, I had the opportunity to see some things that were different, mm-hmm. to have a different perspective. And yeah, I, I cherish that, to tell you the truth. Yeah, yeah, and
1: that's very, it's a very valuable combination to have somebody who grew up here, knows the community so well, but also has traveled and seen a lot of different parts of the world. So has multiple perspectives rather than just
0: stay in here for their whole lives. I would say so, but you know, not everyone would agree with me on that. Just like a lot of things when you're the (laughs) mayor, not everyone agrees with you on everything. You know what?
1: That's uh, (laughs) whether or not you're the mayor, but probably especially when you're the mayor, you just hear it all, I'm sure. (laughs) You hear a lot, that's for sure. Yeah. So then... Talk a little bit more about that transition back to Fergus and and how it, and what brought you back. Was it you and your wife in contact deciding to come back together? Or was it just serendipitous timing that you both ended up here? You know,
0: it, was, it was serendipitous. I, it was you know I was working for a company similar to Disney on Ice, but it was a production company that was based in Europe. I was living in France at the time and stationed out of the Netherlands, and I was traveling around Europe doing some different shows. And I got to a point, I guess, where I realized like this has been great. Don't see it as my long-term future. What am I going to do? 9-11 happened. Mm. Um, it's kind of, you know, everyone has their own story about how 9-11 and affected them. And you were in France when that happened. I had just come back. I had okay. l- literally been back less than a week, and I was scheduled to go to Chicago, and I was doing some stuff around filmmaking, and I was just not not exactly sure what I was going to do. And 9-11 happened, and I think, like a lot of people, it just maybe made me take stock of my priorities and what I was going to do. and um started working with my dad in Fergus. My dad's been a real estate appraiser since the mid-80s, so he's got a business there, and he had some uh, work. I got my real estate appraiser's license, worked with him for a couple of years, and during that time, uh, my wife came back to Fergus to visit. She saw that I was here, and maybe she thought, oh, maybe i know come back. And I I guess I don't know what's exactly going through her mind, so I (laughs) won't say, but anyway, ultimately, she ended up coming back, and um, we got married in two thousand and four. Two thousand four, which is the same year I ran for city council. The first, oh, first okay, time. and you got elected
1: that uh, in that I, first time you ran. I did. Yep. Okay, so that was sort of your start in politics. Uh, well, class president, it sounds like was your official start in politics. As, as political as that is, I guess. But uh, talk a little bit about um, what you were doing for work then when you first got back to Fergus.
0: Yeah, so I was working with. Uh, I was working with my dad doing the real estate appraiser stuff okay. for that first boy. Would it have been five years that I worked doing real estate appraisal work for about five years, I guess. So, and then you
1: did that because as a city council is, a ve- it's you don't make a lot of money. No, it's like it's it's very much very, so very, very, very crumbs part-time. compared exactly. to the amount of. So you ha- had that job on the side, yep. and then you. I assume it sounds like you bought a house in Florida. You sold that house when you came back. Yeah, that had been a number
0: of years before, and then I went over to Europe and I was living in in Paris. And I came back, and um, my grandparents at the time had a lake cabin on Otter Tail that they they were they had a place. Um, they just used it in the summer. So for those first couple years, I lived at the lake cabin, and then and you know, I just kind of moved around during the summer. But that was kind of my base. And then um, in two thousand four, bought a house over on. Uh, Five oh two South Court Street got it on auction. Okay. And fixed it up and lived there and did you just give all the people your home address? I well that was my old, that was <laughs> okay, the first house. Right. house. <laughs> right. But interesting thing, <laughs> at five oh two South Court Street, which is the first house south of the railroad tracks, So you can still so we'll get to my, you know, Union Pizza and Brewing yeah, Company yep, eventually, yep. but kind of the start of Union Pizza, oddly enough, was at that five oh two South Court Street in the sense that uh, there was this unusable patch of land that went over to the railroad tracks just to the north of our house. And uh, so I was going to build a patio and I went out and salvaged some bricks from uh, the old Madison school. There's a guy out south of town that had some, uh, or north of town I should say, that had some some of the bricks salvaged from the old Madison school. I got the uh, some other uh, bricks, some fire brick from the Piggly Wiggly, which was out, which is now was Shopko. It's the building that's now Vector Windows out there on the corner Two Ten yep. and Pebble Lake Road. It okay. was an old pile of old fire bricks that had been the incinerator for Piggly Wiggly back in the day. Um, anyway, so I got the I built the first my first wood fired oven there in the backyard of awesome. of, of, of five hundred two South Course Street, and I thought, man, this is pretty cool, and uh, thought, how can we? we should put this on wheels and move it around and start a business and have wood-fired pizza. And I had this kind of concept in my brain. And then, of course, uh, we moved just about a block away, and so then the pizza oven was gone. And so I always knew I was going to build another pizza oven. I just didn't know where. And, and you didn't know it was going to be a whole restaurant. No. In fact, I, I when I built that first one, I thought, I need to put this on wheels and moving around kind of almost before food trucks were a thing thing, you yeah. know? Like, right. I thought I, and then by the time I, um, got around to putting a business plan for it together, food trucks were kind of starting to become a thing mm-hmm. or at least in, at least in, um, in Minnesota. Yeah. And so I put that business plan together there, but I'm skipping ahead of it a little bit. Um, yeah. but, but anyway, that was the start of union pizza. Yeah. So, that, and that and I
1: kind of want to get into that, but if there 's anything you want to fill in, do what so what year two thousand and four you were
0: elected on the city council, yep, and then what year did union open not till two thousand and fifteen okay, so the the just real quick not not to bore people with my life story, but two thousand and four to two thousand and eight uh served on, or two thousand and five two thousand and nine the elections two thousand and four and eight, but anyway, so two thousand and five took office, served through two thousand uh, january two thousand and nine. I didn't run for re-election. Took another job with communicating for agriculture and communicating for America, which is downtown Fergus okay. Falls. A lot of people don't know it's in Fergus, but they're an international um, exchange program for agriculture. They bring okay. in, they bring in uh, students from all over the world, students mm-hmm. and trainees and interns, and place them on farms across the United States in areas of like you know traditional agriculture that we would see farms and ranches. But there's equine, um, enology, wine making. So there's just a you know there's a lot of different um, areas that they work in around the United States, and with my international background, I think I appeal to them. And um, so anyway, their home offices is um, right down on Lincoln Avenue, and I worked for them for about five years uh, doing their government relations work. And so that was kind of uh, tied into my love of politics, my yep. you know, my desire to live in Fergus Falls, and I did some work in um, out of Washington D.C. and but I maintained my base was right here and Memphis. then you
1: worked for them up until the time you opened union yeah so i worked for okay.
0: them um, yeah stopped working full-time for them in 2014 as i started a ramp up union did some consulting work for them in the um on a couple projects special projects but yeah anyway then uh knew that we were going to do something different and my wife and i were like well what are we going to do and so i had this plan for uh, uh I had this written up this business plan for this wood-fired mobile pizza truck. Oh, okay. and my friend, I had a friend that had uh, wanted to uh, start a micro brewery, and so I wrote. A, I must have been into writing business plans at the time because mm-hmm. I wrote a business plan for that. And I'm sitting there, and I don't know. I never it never occurred to me at the time when I had these two separate business plans. Like, well, put them together, right? right. So I put them together and thought, well, how about a, a brick and mortar? Uh, Wood fired pizza. So, what was brew your pub. what was your connection to that location? Did
1: you did you guys was your wife connected to that location prior? or Was it through Gary Spees
0: or yeah? So the way that that happened was um, so I, I had these these two business plans and I had what I thought was a path forward and there was actually a site up just up the road that that I had my eyes on. I thought that would be a good location and and um, I had known Gary a little bit through the through the years. Um, didn't know him real well, but like a lot of people, and I don't know how well, you know, Gary, I have never met him personally. I just know of the man. I know he's like a a mythical,
1: (laughs) he's like a mythical creature to me. I'm hoping to meet him someday.
0: (laughs) Well, I know a lot of people have a similar story in the sense that they, you know, he's, he's a very wise man. He knows a lot. He's very, um, he's very charitable with the community of his time and his energy and his connect. He just wants people to succeed. Right. So a lot of people, so I knew him well enough to call him up and say, uh, Hey, I've got this idea. I want to. I want you. I want to get your advice because I know that he'd been. He's been involved in so many things, and so I laid out. You know, I laid out my business plan in front of him. and I said, hey, here's what I want to do. Here's how I'm going to fund it. Here's the location I want to be in. I want your feedback." And he said, "I like your idea. I think it could be successful." There's one problem. I think your location is wrong. And I said, "Oh, okay." And he said, "You need to." Oh, we were sitting at Cafe One Sixteen at the time. Okay. And he said, uh, "You need to be right there." And he pointed next door, which was where Domino's Pizza, or you, do you remember Domino's I do, Pizza? I do, I do, yep, yeah. yep. And what I didn't realize is, I guess I didn't even know that he that, that Service Food owned that block, right? They right. owned, um, and they were renting out to Domino's, but Domino's had, um, there was, evidently they wanted to move. I, I don't know the backstory on it, but they were looking at a new location, so he knew this building was going to become available. He said, I think you would fit in You know that idea would fit in perfectly here. Gotcha. In connection with the cafe being there and some of the things they wanted to do. Yeah. um, Because if you think back to those times, you know, right now if you look at that block, it's pretty, it's considerably different. I mean, there's still Mm. some work to do on that block, but you know, the back doors of both those um, entities really didn't, they weren't attractive to bringing customers in. So, as part of uh, renovating that building, and it was a mess that building, especially Mm. the back two thirds of it. But we just totally, we didn't have anything other than time and friends and we just went in there and, and anything we could do ourselves you know obviously we had to hire out electrical and plumbing work and get all the permits and stuff for that but anything we could do we did we just demoed that building and built it up um to into union pizza
1: and 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 brewery so i had an interview with uh andy from fergus brewing and it oh, sounds nice. like it sounds like uh mayor munson was <laughs> the, the <laughs> mayor who kept fergus dry for for many 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 years and I'm not entirely sure if there was a brewery. I think there might have been one operational brewery between maybe those old days, Prohibition, and when Union came back, uh, brought it back. But you are—I cre- think you're going to be credited as the mayor that brought beer back to Fergus Falls. Uh, so yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll see how people feel about that. You know, there's yeah. a story. There's a story at the uh, you know the old candy bar. You know the location up there. Bob was Bob's Tavern. Is up on top of the hill. On uh, Freiburg Avenue, that's that overlooks the the um, turf football field. There's that little that one little house. It used to, anyway, it says the candy bar in the window. But okay, there was a lady who lived there. It, Chris Schulte at the historical society tells the story. But there was a lady who lived there who was serving. Uh, bootleg beer out of that out of that okay. uh, out of her house there and they and the, the city officials cracked down on her Mayor months <laughs> and would have none of it <laughs> yeah i'm all for that you yeah. know <laughs> but, so i uh so I, I i was able to make some use of that over the years and cool. say that you know like that's progress right like it it is. To, they were banning beer back there and now the mayor makes the beer that's so, right so. that's right so that was 2014. You said, yeah. We started up in 20. We actually opened the doors, started re- renovating in the. We got possession in December of 14. Opened in March of of 15.
1: Okay, so you ran that for a handful of years. Were you on city
0: council again? Yeah. So I ran again for city council. I took those four years off, um, uh, as we my family grew, and my, my, in 2008, our fourth child was born. So we had some we had some kids back to back to back and um took 4 years off and then there were some issues at the city level that I wanted to be involved in I thought were important and I decided I was going to run again in 2012 so I ran for city council again in 2012 and was elected out of the f- I was living in the first ward at that uh, at that time so okay. um, yeah served another 4 years and then in 2016 so union opened in 15 and uh, then in 2016 um, ran for mayor
1: oh, okay so Talk to me a little bit about the structure of our city council, how long those terms are, how many council members we have, yeah, and then the then we'll get into the mayor position a little bit. Yeah,
0: it's an interesting system. So there's eight council members, the city's divided into four wards, and if you think roughly into you know um, four geographic areas, it is the northwest, the, the you know the southwest, the southeast, and the northeast. So it's one, two, three, and four. Each of the those four wards. And generally speaking, Union and Lincoln could be thought of as, like, the intersection. And so there's four wards based—that's it not the actual intersection, but they're closely aligned. And they have mm-hmm. to be moved every 10 years based on population, et cetera, redistricting. But but generally speaking, Union and Lincoln serve as the the two um, intersecting lines there for the, that make up the four wards. There's two council members from each ward, and each of them are— elected to four year terms. Okay. And they're staggering. So every two every two years there's an election in each ward. Gotcha. And then every four years the mayor's seat is open as well. Okay.
1: And that's based off of where they live physically, like where their home is, their home address.
0: Exactly. Okay. So you have to be a resident of the ward in which you run for election. And
1: how far I mean I guess I don't know I'm not super familiar with the Fergus Falls city limits, but how far out of town does that cover, do you well, know? Well, it's just
0: that, the, the, the it, you're right, it's the city limits. So okay. so in each area you know jags around like Pebble yep. Lake for example, you know, it's yep. kind of goes out and then you know you, there's Woodland Heights was annexed in, in 2018, so that became okay. a part. That changed the lines a little bit yep. based on the population because okay. it was 400 people I believe that came into the city there. Okay.
1: So. so you served on city council, ran union, and then um how did that transition go from running union to running for mayor?
0: Yeah. So it, the, I, the mayor, when I took my second term at city council in 2012, Hal Leland was the mayor pr- uh, prior to me and uh, realized he wasn't going to run. And I thought, Hey, you know what? This is, so, I, 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 I'll be honest. I really enjoyed being on the city council. I saw that the good that the city can do um, to make, people's lives better right to make it a community going back to 2004 i'll tell a real quick story just to give yeah. you my like philosophy on so it was it was labor day weekend 2004 if you remember there's like a, a presidential election bush versus uh Kerry in 2004 kind of divided I and mean, we think we're in divided times but we have been right we're always in divided we're times, always in divided times. <laughs> and we're out at a um, out of, my, out of my parents' place at a, a Labor Day uh, family gathering, and you know, everyone in the family is talking about this, and and I had, believe it or not, I had a lot of opinions on, on things. Which the opinions may surprise people, but we won't get into that. But anyway, I right. had a lot of pins. My dad said to me, he said, you know, um, you uh, you know, you have a lot of opinions. He said it in a nice way. He said, what well, you know, you should run for city council. There's an open seat in the ward that you live in. And I thought, oh, okay, he's the deadline to file is tomorrow. <laughs> so I went home. Uh, it was 2004. I'd been married seven months. My wife and I um, had a family, uh, you know, we were growing our family. And I thought, you know, this is Fergus Falls, is where I'm going to live. And uh, I'm what, you know, why don't I do what I can to make my community the best it can be and so i thought i went to city hall got the information at the time at eight you know eight thirty in the morning there was nobody who had filed for that seat so i'm like oh this is going to be easy um got the paperwork went back home and by the time i got home there was uh i mean i'm sorry by the time i got back again there was uh two other people who had run so it was okay. a three-way race that first year but anyway it's you know i thought going back to that first time i filed it's like fergus falls is where i'm going to live where I'm going to raise my family, I'm going to do what I can do to make it the best place yeah. I can. So, going up to 2016, I realized how was you know how was going to step down. He was not going to going to run for reelection. I thought there was some important things um, going on. I thought I could contribute. I thought you know I'm going to I'm going to um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out and um and and run for mayor. And so I did. And was there are there term
1: limits on the mayor position? No, no. you no. can you can make a career out of it. If, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, you could keep going as long as you wanted with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, you could. Yeah, yep. And we'll talk about future outlook a little bit, yeah, yeah, and yeah. kind of what your plans are for the future and sure. maybe for Fergus Falls and all that. So, 2016 was the year that you took over as mayor. Yep. Okay. So this is
0: your second term. Second term. Well, I was reelected in 2020.
1: Did you have?
0: Did you? Did you run against someone then when you ran in 2016? Yeah, there was two other candidates on the ballot there in, in um, 2016 there was one uh, council member who'd served two terms on the council and then there was a um, political newcomer I didn't know a whole lot about her but she she ran as well okay so there was three of us on the ballot that first year
1: so talk to me then a little bit about the a little bit more about the structure of the city council and the mayor and how they piece together in running our city
0: yeah yeah. yeah that's a, that's a, that's a good question because structurally, we we have we're a home rule charter, which I won't, I won't bore people with the details. But many, most of the communities in in Minnesota are home rule charters, and so they basically, someone went around in the late 1800s, and these communities that were starting to pop up, they they had this home rule charter, and people took them and they adopted them to their um, communities. But the the structure of many of the communities is the same. So you have a you basically what you have is you have a a council administrator system, and the mayor is what's called a weak mayor system. So structurally, the mayor doesn't have a lot of power. Like I don't have the mayor position, and me currently in that role, I don't have veto power. You know, I can't hire or fire individuals. You know, it's not like the governor or the president in the sense that it's you know. So there's not structural power in the mayor's position. So how does that translate? But there's – the interesting thing, I think, Jacob, is that but people see the mayor's role as something that, oh, he's the right. person that's in charge.
1: Right. But really that would be – I mean, I, I and correct me if I'm wrong, but Bre- Andrew Bremseth is – City administrator. He, so he has a lot more say over what goes on. In, well, within that, but,
0: but it's an interesting. It's, it's an interesting. Every community is a little bit different because there's real and perceived powers, right? So, yep. but but Andrew is the he is the day to day. He operates the city. He is the administrator of the city. He runs the city. Of course, the city council is his boss. So right. Um, so it's like it's a structure. that checks and balances. That's the way that you know. It's the point. That's the point. All right. Yep. Um And so you know the the uh, I, I've always said this um, the 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 power of the mayor is the ability to bring, you know, the, that office has the ability to bring people together around ideas. Yeah. So to be effective or to be ineffective really boils down to that. Are you able mm-hmm. to bring people together around ideas? Because, cool. you know, if, if someone's going to call the, uh, you know, the, the, the state of Minnesota, or if, if you, they go through the mayor, right, that that's the right. office. It's not me. It's not, it has nothing to do with me. It's just, that's the office that, that, you know, people look to right. as the person that represents the city. And so there is certain there's a certain opportunity within that office that to bring people together, right? Like it's just the way our society kind of views that. That's the way yep. I see it. In, 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 um, you're kind of like a like a glorified babysitter of <laughs> Fergus Falls,
1: kind of. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, right. But um, but yeah. So that's the way the that's the way the structure of um, of the government works. So the city council is ultimately, you know hires and fires the city administrator and the city administrator then hires and fires, uh, okay. the rest of the, of the okay. city staff. So did
1: you know what you were getting yourself into when you took over that position or as mayor? You, yeah. Or did you kind of like, was it drinking from a fire hose, figuring it out when you started?
0: Yeah, a little bit, but I, but I think the expectations of people, um, surprised me a little bit. I knew the structure and I knew I saw like how the mayor's role, Can be you know you 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 can kind of you can steer a course and 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 again like I said have the opportunity to bring people together around ideas that's the real power of the Mm -hmm. mayor's position I saw that and it's what I wanted to do and uh, yeah I mean so
1: it it's very much so a communications position rather than a like political. action position. Well, I
0: think what you're saying is, I, I think it is it is very political in the sense that you have to deal with people and ideas and, you know, um, personalities, but right. it's not, a, it's not necessarily administrative, right? right? It's not like, you know, like it's, it's not an administrative position at all. It's a political yep. position. Yep. If that makes sense. Yeah, that totally makes sense. So then talk a little bit about
1: that. Uh, well, how was the, if you want to talk about the exit of union and how that came to be, because was that, Recent, relatively recent that that shut down. I just got back to Fergus in December of this last year. So oh, yeah. I'm, yeah, if, well, kind that's, of when on... we, that's when
0: we shut down. Okay. Okay. So you had just shut down. <laughs> well, we didn't shut down. We transitioned, right? So right. to what's now Union Eatery, yep. Union Avenue Eatery, and toast. And then toast. Yeah. So so, it's Cafe 116, do you remember Cafe yep. 116? I do. Oh, okay. I do. So Cafe 116 was operating. We were operating at Union. We had no, you know, other than being neighbors and you know, hey, can we borrow something? We didn't have a we didn't have a connection there, mm-hmm. and uh, and then during the shut, you know, during the pandemic, the shutdown, um, Cafe One Sixteen, not not necessarily because of the pandemic, but that was just that made sense when they were shut down that they weren't going to reopen. They had plans that they were not going to c- continue One Sixteen, the uh, the owner, and so um, that sat vacant for a time. And my wife, Tessa, and I, uh, just we talked about it. And we said, you know, is that something we should do? And, you know, we kind of went back and forth. And she had some ideas as for a Scandinavian-inspired coffee and uh, gotcha. breakfast, lunch place. And we thought, well, should we do this? We...? Anyway, the, the reason we decided to do it, ultimately, I think, in the end, it was like, what is this, What is a community, especially coming out of COVID, is a place, we thought, you know, a place to gather. And the uh, previous owners and service food, or the service food who owns that um, that building, they had invested a, a, a lot in the back kitchen. It was a separate industrial commercial kitchen in the back that um, that was that was sitting there, and it was. And we thought, boy, we saw from us starting union. We saw the biggest barrier to food entrepreneurs or people who want to start their own business in the food industry is the physical space to do mm-hmm. it. Right, it's expensive, yeah. and we were very fortunate um, to have the uh, the opportunity to um, and, you know things worked out for us. We 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 uh, had the space, but not everyone had that same opportunity. Other people, you know, people had small ideas, starting small or whatever. So We thought, why don't we do a co op style uh, enterprise where people Can use these food entrepreneurs can use the back space of that kitchen. We will sell some of the products, you know, in exchange for the rent. Maybe some of them would work for us at Toast, which became Toast, Um, and we can have like a a confluence of, of of food and art and music. And we just saw it as a place that we wanted people to gather. And I'll say this: I think that when we like that first year we operated Toast, I think there was five independent licenses operating out of that back so you guys kitchen. started toast we started toast yeah okay okay and that so was, we literally blew okay. a wall in the hole the, the yep. a, a hole in the wall between union um and toast gotcha which was 18 inches of straight concrete it wasn't <laughs> <Yeah. easy. laughs> brick and concrete yeah. so we opened that oh. up and started to you know shared some of the um resources between the two and uh and then there's, so there was three kitchens there was a kitchen at union there was a kitchen at toast that cooks for the restaurant and then there's, there's there's that back kitchen um there's that back kitchen but um you know roasted and penny cakes and sweeties and um, fresh and fancy all were operating out of that back area. Okay. And I'm not cool. take, not not we're not I'm not trying to take right. credit for any of the, the their success, but those are successful businesses. Yeah. And it it allowed them a space to grow and to you know, it was affordable for Absolutely. them, it was benefited us because it yeah. had we, people were in there. And that's the way we kind of see things is. That's cool. Um, you know, like how can we, you know, from the business perspective, like how what we learned from union, when we started union, we thought well, we're we're going to open a restaurant and a brewery. And it's gonna, we're gonna to try to make it the best we can. But it became more than that, I think. For it became a place for people to gather, and it's surprised. I don't know how to put in words, but it just it became more than just a restaurant. It became yep. something for people, like a place for them to be. And um, there was music, yeah. and there was you know the events, yep. and there was stuff happening. And we saw, mm-hmm. oh. and that's what kind of led us to the idea, like, oh, there's an opportunity at, at Toast as well to make you know to bring people together around. Um, around common ideas and promotion of community. So
1: then um, the 2016 to 2020 was your first term. And then 2020 came around re-election. Did you have a
0: opposition in that election as well? Yeah, there was there was two opponents there as well. One was a write-in uh, – there was three write-in candidates in 2020, and then there was uh, – one of them was against me, and then there was also um, another individual on the ballot. So, okay. So two opponents there as well.
1: Okay. So you were reelected and then still running – still in the process of running the brewery, pizza place, and this toast – so what happened then between twenty twenty and this last December that was your guys' exit strategy or exit plan for for the brewery and toast?
0: Yeah, so we started I'm just I might get the dates wrong, but we started um we started Toast right, 20, 2021, I guess it is maybe. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. So um we, we started that, and, and uh, it was up, running, successful. We had two successful businesses. Like, I, I don't regret starting either of those businesses. I mean, what an opportunity. Like I can say, I can, I've served in public office for 14 years now, I think, which that's scary to think about that. But I learned more starting that business in downtown about our community than I yeah. did in 14 years of, of, of serving in public office. Absolutely. You you're le- you learn an awful lot about a community when you own, own a Main Street business mm-hmm. that interacts with the public every day. Loved it, but it but the restaurant business is exhausting. So oh. my wife and I, um, you know, four of our five kids were working with us there. It was great, um, loved it. But we knew, we knew ultimately we weren't going to – that's not what we wanted to do our entire lives. We got these two businesses – up, running. They're established. They're successful. They're contributing parts of the community, and uh, we had talked at times about oh, maybe you know, maybe we transition. And I, I don't know exactly if there was a key moment, but um, one of the uh, one of the roasted Evan from yep. Evan Burkdahl from Roasted, who now owns both of them. Yep. At the time, uh, we approached him and just said, you know, we're thinking about this, and he was very interested. So knowing that he was very interested at the time in union and we had another person, individual that who was working for us who was interested in toast, we thought here's two young individuals who are rooted, who care about the community. Yeah. That was key, right? So we, I wasn't going to like, we were, I don't think we ever would have said, we're going to list these restaurants and have someone come in uh, maybe a you know a, a, an investment group or something come in and just right. run. The, no, it was really important that they were going to be owner operated and they were con- going to be continued uh, to be to be run. Of course, there was no strings attached, but it was we wouldn't have sold them if we didn't know that that was going to con- continue. Right. So right. knowing that Evan was um, interested in in uh, purchasing Union. We started to talk through that, and then ultimately the other individual decided that it would be, you know, that it wasn't in his, you know, he, it wasn't his his future to to own toast. So then Evan talked about owning them a, um, a both, and that worked out. And so we knew that they were going to be in good hands, and there they are. They're continuing to cool. operate. So you know. what do you?
1: Obviously, the mayor is a full time position. I mean, you stay pretty busy, right? Or- well, it doesn't
0: pay full time, okay? But it, you know, it, you know, it, 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 there's times when it has, you know, serious commitments. But um, do you have another job? Then you and your wife do another job on the side or business? Yeah, so I'm actually right now just doing some. Uh, my wife and I have a consulting business that we started at when we when we stopped up op- um, operating Union and Toast full time. Um, we started a consulting business, and I'm doing some work on a rural democracy project with West Central Initiative that I'm pretty excited about. Okay.
1: So What's the name of that consulting business? Bull Moose Strategies. Bull Moose Strategies. Yeah. Okay. And you guys focus on political
0: stuff or uh, just community stuff, community design, community development design okay. and stuff. And of course, my passion is, is in politics at the local levels where I right. see the most uh, opportunity to impact, uh, mm-hmm. you know, uh, have the most impact, so that's what we're working on right now. And I'm really fortunate to to uh, to be uh, have the opportunity to work with West Central Initiative on a project that's focused on local communities, local government, and supporting local candidates and those elected to office in communities in the nine county area. Just okay. to you know, we need. I guess the philosophy there is we need good people to have good government, right? Yep. You do. You know, and at the local level, you can strip everything else away. You, know, you don't have to worry about partisanship or you don't have to worry about... The, it's just right. like you care about you the community.
1: You shouldn't. That's the worst... In my opinion, that's the worst part of politics yeah, is absolutely. putting a label on someone. It should always be about good ideas and it should always be about community first and the best intent for our community. And I think the biggest problem we have in the country right now is slapping labels and classifying people and putting them in boxes. And when
0: you talk about that, like you put people in boxes, you put labels on them. You're exactly right. Because I know, you know, you get to know people that you work with, like on the city council and you get, you get to know what their national politics is, you know, but just because you know, human beings. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but if the the issues, when they come at the local level, if they don't have those labels and those party affiliations with the issues, people approach them and what is best for the community. And it's, 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 it's amazing. Like if those were national issues people would be you would would look at them completely different, so it's yep. it's the best form of government and I think it's the most similar to the way that our founders quite honestly um intended government yes. to work yes. it's part time it's people who are engaged and with the people that they represent like there's not a day that I don't go to service food and, am recognized and have somebody ask me a question about something that's going on and say, and that's the way it should be right? <laughs> yep, yep. talk about keeping you accountable. Yep. It's like you live, you work, you, see, you serve spe- the community, you serve the community. So that's yep. the way the government should work. And absolutely. So
1: we've already been talking for 45 minutes here. So we've been, we've been in a good conversation here. Yeah. You're like, Whoa, you probably have stuff to do today, but um, I kind of want to get into a little bit of future outlook. Yeah. Um, it, we've got re-election coming up then in 2024 would be the next mayor election do you have plans for re-election do you have plans for other things in your future
0: that you care to talk about at all well that's an interesting question um you know i, I i'll i'll just say this let me like give a real political answer to that right um i think that there's this like this chart if i could map it out for people you come in with not a lot of experience but a lot of energy this is to any office right mm-hmm. and there's a reason i think that there's that, that there are term limits that 8 years seems to be like the thing about for the presidency for example that there's term limits now for for 8 years because at a certain point your your knowledge grows and your energy just naturally goes down, just like anyone in any job. Your yeah. energy goes down, and you you hit a point where you're most you're able to be most effective. And quite honestly, after eight years, I think if you can't get something done in eight years, then give someone else a try, right? Mm. So I'm not that. So take that for what it is. Mm-hmm. I think that you know other people um, should have an opportunity to be in that role and see what they see what ideas they can bring to the city. I mm. feel like it's it's a lot of it's it's. Other than I'll say this, other than being a, a, a husband and a father, it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done as being a public servant. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, it, the, at some point, it's a it, you know you, you you you've done what you can do, and and if you can't get something done in a certain amount of time, then then it's time yeah. to, to to move on. Okay. So um, I think that it, it takes a lot on uh, you know it takes a lot of time to and, and yeah. commitment uh, away from family and other priorities. So yeah. can
1: I ask? And maybe you don't want to talk about it at all, but can I ask about a rumor about maybe a governor's board or a hire moving up in politics? Is that anything you want to talk
0: about at all? Yeah. You know, I mean, I love politics. I don't have – so there's no – I don't have any, like, plans, right? Okay. But, of course, you know, um, I'm always – Thinking about, I, lo- I love politics. So how that, how what role that plays? I, I honest to God, Jacob, I don't know at this point. That's fair. Um, right now, I'm focused on the work that I'm doing at West Central with local governments, and um, yeah. So I, I'll, I'll leave it there. I don't have yep. any hardcore. You know, if there was an opportunity that I saw, that, I'll say this: if there was an opportunity that presented itself that I saw that I could benefit the area that I call home. Mm-hmm. In a in a different way, of course, I would look
1: at awesome. it. Awesome, that's that's good to hear. I like I like it. It's been a good it's been a good perspective for me to get on you, and I think a lot of people will enjoy hearing hearing kind of more about you and how the city operates and all that. I hope so, um, but it
0: scares me a little bit that I've been rambling on for forty five minutes.
1: No, mostly mostly we were just getting to know you. We were just getting to know <laughs> sure. you. We got a good got a good interesting background. I think you have done a lot um, for this community. It seems like the Fergus Falls is a way different community than it was when I left 10 years ago as to when I return. Now lots of stuff has changed and I think Fergus falls is headed in a good direction right now. There's still a lot of work to be done. I think as far as getting some stuff happening, but I, I do feel like, uh, Lots of stuff has changed. You've accomplished a decent amount from my perspective. Are you in the city and, and where we are with uh, some different organizations in Greater Fergus Falls? And you're on the board of Greater Fergus Falls. Is that correct?
0: That's correct, yeah.
1: And uh, so I, I really am I'm excited for the direction that the city's going right now. Um, do you want to touch on any, uh, I, I don't know if it's prevalent, but any events that are going on uh, that you care to talk about? Brush over just briefly.
0: Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, Summerfest was successful this last weekend, but that's uh, in the rearview mirror now. But um, you know, I just there's, there's another event down at the Riverfront Plaza, uh, the Spies Pavilion today, and. I, I someone told me the number of, of res- you know the events that are happening down there, but it's, it's it's just really exciting and encouraging for me to see that place being used. That was the yep. idea that the city. So I'll just say this, Jacob. In 2016, what I ran on when I first ran for mayor, I said, you know what, we've got assets in this community. We've got a historic downtown and a beautiful river that runs through our community, and right now we have vacant, empty. Parking lots and dilapidated industrial buildings lining that river. We need. We need to go back. That's the, That's what sets us apart. Mm-hmm. And we've done that work over the last six yep. years. I'm really proud of that. Just so to see, you know, there's there's there was, <clears throat> I believe there was more than 20 vacant storefronts in, 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 in when I took office. And not, not to sound like a campaign speech, but there's not 20. You know, there's there's a, there's two or three vacant yeah. storefronts downtown. There's people investing in the businesses downtown. Yeah. That's what if you go to any community it, the, any community that's similar size to Fergus, or a little smaller, a little bigger, there's something unique, and they have a they have a they have a thriving downtown. That's yep. one thing that all yep. growing, active, engaged communities have is a thriving downtown, mm-hmm. and I'd say that we have that right yeah. now, and we're growing.
1: I uh, I've said this. I mean, I interviewed Wayne Hurley. That's kind of where it started, but I've said it numerous times on this podcast, I still think the single best thing that Fergus falls can do is connect the central lakes trail into Spees park there. And if, if we, if we can figure out how to make that project happen, I think that that even takes that to the next, to that next level. I mean, I have seen what it did for the Alexandria community. My parents lived there. I lived there for a couple of years, just the ability to have that traffic. I mean, we get tons of bikers through Fergus and how cool would it be if, uh, if they were just biking right in on the CLC right down into downtown Fergus, I think that that's the next step, right? In the I, future, I, hopefully. I completely
0: agree. Think about that. Like we have the trailhead for the Central Lakes Trail. Right there. It sits right outside the city. Right stadiums, outside town. Right outside of town, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty tough to, to look at that and not see the opportunity to connect those now. And that'll be. Um, the glacial edge trail eventually, which goes through like. the dairy
0: property. You should run down sometime, take a look at the, um, at the dairy property. You'll find it on Stanton Avenue. If, if you're not familiar with mm-hmm. it, just stand out there and look at that. Look at that view of the river, the 28 mm-hmm. acres of beautiful land. We've got money for this last legislative session, um, to put a trail through there. That's going to be public access trail that'll connect up to Space Park from that awesome. end of town too. So, well, man,
1: I could talk future outlook of Fergus falls for another hour, but we're not going to do that, unfortunately. But, uh, I do want to get into, before we get out of here, I want to get into, um, a biggest mistake you made, whether it be personal, something with toast, something in the mayor position, biggest mistake that you've made that you feel like would be fair to share and advice to give to people. We'll get into best business advice after, but first biggest mistake,
0: biggest mistake I've made. Um, boy that's an interesting question I should have a ready answer for this right
1: you might I mean not a lot of sometimes
0: people don't if I'm not All right, yeah. I'll give you yep. one I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there but uh, I stopped drinking in the last couple of years and mm-hmm. I and the biggest mistake I made in my life was not stopping drinking 15 years ago yeah. just so much such a better person for my family such a better person productive wise so that's the biggest mistake I didn't uh, didn't didn't see that 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 had uh, become a little too important to me than uh, earlier in my
1: life that's a good personal answer i like that i'm yeah that's a that's a good one hits home for me good too I'm in i'm in the process of of bettering myself here so we all are (laughs) that's right? right that's right how about uh
0: best business advice go for it like you know life is short you have an idea you want to do it Go for it. There's there's people out there that will help you. If you have the energy, if you have a first of all, you have to have a good idea. But if you've got that good idea and you've got that passion, think about Greg Stumbo and his coffee, right? Yep. He had the passion for it and he went for it. He could have sat around for the rest of his life working for somebody else, making his own coffee, and he might have been a perfectly happy person. That's fine. But if you've got that idea and that passion go for it. Yeah. Cuz there's people that will help you like if they see that passion and they and they know you have a good idea and they see that passion, that's just it, you got to work your tail off. Yep. People think that owning a business is 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 great and, and it is great. It's a lot of work, but you, so you have to have that passion. You have to have that hard work ethic. And if you have those things, people help you out. So go for it.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks again for joining me. I want to kind of wrap up here and just if there's anything else you want to add um, just to kind of conclude this conversation, send the people out with a little bit more about you and what you, you know, how you feel about everything. <laughs>
0: well, I, thanks for the opportunity, Jacob. I, uh, I'll just say this summertime, Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Is there any place better in the world? It's, it's beautiful. Get out there and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's just gather together and, and, and enjoy, enjoy everything that we have to offer as a community. It's a great place to be and uh, we all make it that way so we can all do our part awesome usually I ask how can the people get a hold of you is that something that
1: you want to people like how do the people get a hold of you usually you contact my city, cell phones out there your cell phone number two one eight two zero five one three three seven ouch dude your cell phone must <laughs> ring all the time it's all, dude. Right. It's I all will, right I will uh if people hear that in the podcast, they can call. I'm not going to put that in the episode description or anything just because I'm <laughs> sure you're a plenty busy guy, it's, but I'm good. Uh, thank I'm you good. very much, man. I really appreciate you joining me. And I think the people are really going to enjoy hearing this one. So thanks, Jake. Have it's a good afternoon. Really appreciate um, you having yeah, me on. Yeah, of course. Uh, if you guys want to get on the show, podcast at gmail.com is the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, otherwise, thanks to the sponsors, Stumbino, Swan Lake, uh, Elevate, Victor Lundins, and uh, Hotel Eight. So we'll be back with more great guests. So thanks for listening, everybody.